This is a Solitaire Media original podcast. Hello, welcome to the Galway podcast. This is Fender Jackson. This week's guest is Colette Fury from Galway Hooker Sailing Club. This is a continuation of a series where I'm celebrating clubs around Galway. I reached out to the Galway Hookers and they pointed me in the direction of Colette. So Colette and I got into communication and she rocked up here two days ago and we started talking about, well, we tried to talk about the sailing club, but we got diverted by her very interesting story of how she got into sailing and where that took her. Any podcast is like, it's just a conversation really, isn't it? So you never know where it's going to end up. I was gripped by Colette's story. And I hope you enjoy it too. The Galway podcast is your champion for Galway. There's a great story which is tied into the origins of the Galway Hooker Sailing Club. Its founder, Kieran had a buddy called Nicky and something unfortunate happened to Nicky and Kieran was inspired to do something in his memory I won't say too much because um, Colette says it so well okay band stop that this is the Galway podcast hello who are you and what do you do um, my name is Colette Fury. I'm a primary school teacher and also a member of Goy Hooker Sailing Club. Goy Hooker Sailing Club. Yes. And I need to do this straight away because I always forget. Website, galbyhookersailingclub.ie. Yes, that's it. Great. Uh, thank you, Colette, for coming in today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. And what do you do in the Galway Hooker Sailing Club? Um, well, I guess my my title at the moment is centre principal, which uh, literally means I'm the I liaise between Irish sailing and the club. That's kind of a I do the official sort of paperwork stuff, but uh, that's just on paper. In reality, I do a bit of everything in the club. Um, yeah, so I can be doing everything from. Doing the Facebook uh, posts to sand and boats to organising sales. So a little bit of everything. And how did you get into this line of work? Um, well, it came about, uh, I joined the club in February 2019. Um, but it kind of, the story sort of uh, went back to, started in late uh, November 2017 um, I had taken a career break from teaching for that year of 2017-2018 um, because I wanted to go on a tall ship uh, to Antarctica. So I had to take the year out of teaching to do this. Um, prior to this, I had zero experience of boats or the sea or didn't really know anything about that whole way of life. Um, just wanted to go to Antarctica. Always had a bit of a fascination with it, so um, found this ship that went there. It's a Dutch tall ship. Uh, it looks kind of exciting, so I signed up for fifty six days at sea, um, on board this vessel, and met the ship in Uruguay, South America, in November two thousand seventeen. 
November 1st. Um, and when I first saw the ship, it was only then I was kind of like, oh my God, what have I signed up for? Because like, again, I had no experience of the whole marine world, really. Um, you know, I'd maybe been on the ferry to the Aran Islands, like every other Galway person that was about the height of it. But anyway, um, got on the ship and was on the ship for the guts of two months. And when we came back after the trip, I didn't want to get off the ship. I just completely fallen in love with the sea, um, the ship, the way of life, um, just all the whole, everything surrounding sort of all the nautical stuff. Um, I, I'm going to ask you a few more yeah, questions about sorry. this. Because it's <laughs> yeah. too interesting. So you went to Antarctica for yeah. two months? Uh, well, I, no, I was on board the ship for two months. So I sailed from Montevideo in Uruguay to the Falkland Islands first. So it, it takes about two weeks to get there. Did you take a trickler and plant it in the Falkland Islands <laughs> just no. for the crack? No, I didn't. No, no, no. Um, yeah, so it, it, yeah, so we took a while to get to the Falklands. And then once we were there, we sailed around the Falklands, spent, I think it was maybe 10 days or so. Then we sailed from the Falkland Islands to South Georgia, um, which for anyone that's into polar exploration or nautical uh, adventure stories will be very familiar with um, South Georgia. So we spent um, some time there as well, exploring South Georgia. Uh, and then we sailed from South Georgia to the Antarctic Peninsula and spent maybe maybe two weeks uh, traveling around there, like different islands, getting to the mainland. And then the sail back from did, Antarctica. Did you, did, sorry, sorry. Did, yeah, did, I know, sorry. It's too interesting. I say it's so blasé nowadays, yeah. Did, did, you, did you go to the South Pole? Uh, no, we didn't get that far down at all. Um, Antarctica is a lot... I think, uh, I feel like sometimes we think that Antarctica is just the jagged white line down the bottom of the map that we're all kind of used to looking at on the, on the wall. Um, but it's actually huge. So uh, with South Pole being 90 degrees south, we got, to, we didn't even make it to um, 66 degrees south. We got, I think the closest I've ever gotten was um, 100 nautical miles away from it because literally you can't go any further south because the ship will get yeah. iced in. And is it, is there, is it mountainous? Uh, yeah, it is. It's a lot. So the area that we go to is the peninsula, which is just south. If you can picture the uh, southern tip of South America, mm -hmm. and then if you go 500 nautical miles south of that, there's a peninsula there um, in Antarctica. And we spend some time exploring that, the kind of east side and the west side of that peninsula. And, and there's a series of islands all around there that you can you know, that we, we take the smaller boat and we can go ashore and trek around them and look at the penguins. And yeah, it's it's quite rocky and mountainy and obviously a lot of snow. Any, any bad weather? Uh, yeah, I've been at sea in quite heavy weather. Yeah. What does that look like? Um, well, we had one, sorry, I'm jumping around on my timeline now. That's okay. Um, That's okay. We, I was, uh, it was, I think it was two years ago. I, I, yeah, um, yeah. We, I ended up in a really bad storm uh, one time at sea, and we got hit by lightning. Where was um, that? It was about two hundred miles off the coast of South America, wow. out at sea. So you've gone back to South America since? Yeah, yeah sort of. So where I'll just go back there to where I left okay, off. Yeah. So um, I did that trip in. So I finished that trip in um, December two thousand and eighteen, and then after that, when I came home. I still had the whole rest of the year 
on a career break because you can only go to Antarctica during our winter. Yeah. And then as a teacher, I can't get time off in winter. Um, but anyway, I had the whole rest of the year with nothing to do. So I um, contacted the ship in January and said, look, I have a couple of months. I've nothing to do. Uh, any chance you take me back for some volunteering? Um, and they said, yes. And then long story short, I ended up basically on, uh, at sea on that ship for the next three years on and off. So I'd go for a couple of months, work on the ship, come home then for a couple of weeks or months and then go again for a long period of time. And then it was in February 2019 on one of those, uh, I was on shore leave and I was back in Galway. And so when we're on the ship, we've no internet, no Wi-Fi, no connection really with the outside world. You're in a complete, your own little sort of bubble there floating around in the middle of the ocean. And, uh, I was on, I think I was on the bus, bus, CityLink bus or something on the way home from the airport back to Galway and was looking at Facebook and, you know, kind of catching up on the world that I'd missed out on for the two months or the few months that I'd been away and saw an ad to learn about Galway hookers. Um, And it was then, it was then that I kind of thought, what am I doing? You know, like I'm jetting off to all these places around the world to go on a ship and, you know, go to sea when I live here in Galway on the coast. And I don't really know anything about, you know, the Galway uh, marine world. Um, Now, I was familiar with Galway hookers, but only again, I would have recognised them as a symbol of Galway, kind of. I didn't know anything about them. And then met, uh, joined, there was a course running. So I went down, signed up to the course and uh, Kieran Oliver was running the course um, so at this stage I'd had, you know, about a year, a year and a half of having worked on the other ship. So I had a bit, you know, I knew port from starboard and I knew a few things at that stage. Um, but yeah, I just joined the club, um, learned all about the hookers and then just got completely immersed in it. And then for say two or three years in, I, I would go away to sea on the big ship and work away at sea and then come home and then work on the hookers when I was at home. Wow. Yeah. And the one year career break then kind of spanned into five years in the end. But uh, yeah, I went back there last year in um, September, 2022. And uh, do you use the word scundered here? Scundered. Mm. Up north, it it means two different things. Depends on where you are. It can be embarrassed or in this case, fed up. Do you ever get scundered with it? Like uh, being at sea that you think, oh, what am I doing here? Yeah, no. Um, I know a friend once asked me, do your eyes not get tired looking at the same thing all the time? Because, I was going to say the eyes getting tired, you know, swaying up and down. Yeah, no, because, you know, there's days, there was weeks, uh, the longest period I've been at sea without seeing land or another vessel was, I think it was three weeks or almost three weeks where there was nothing else. But no, you don't get fed up. Firstly, because you don't have time to get fed up because there's so much work to do on the ship. Uh-huh. So we typically work, well, depending on what role um, I had on the ship, but I'd either be working six hours on, six hours off, yeah. just all the time, all day, every day. But you must non-stop. get a break in those six hours. Well, the six hours off are your break. and then but like eating and toilet. Yeah, so during, during your, well, if you need to go to the bathroom, yeah. But during the six hours off, you're eating and sleeping and... You don't eat for six hours. Well, you, you have like a break in the middle of it, like okay. a, you yeah. know, tea break or... You know, lunch might be in the middle of it or something, but 
Okay. You know, then you're clean. You know, it's a quick lunch. Like you're not. Forgive me if these questions are so dumb. No, it's okay. Yeah, I'm I'm used to them. It's okay. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. It's because not many people in Galway have dabbled in the yeah. tall chip industry. So yeah, yeah. And that's one thing actually now because I've been in the club for so long and I'm quite established in the club and I kind of have, you know, I kind of dabble in it with the kids. Uh, you know, like bringing the kids down and getting them out in the boats and. I suppose that's one small little thing that I'm trying to do is get a bit of an interest in, you know, because people in Galway, well, not that I know of anyway, like not many would like go to sea as a career or, you know, as as a job. So that's one of the things that I'm trying to do. Tell us about the scary experience with the lightning. Oh, yeah. So we got hit. Uh, yeah, it was probably the worst, worst weather I've been in, was it? Yeah, probably. Um, so down the Southern Ocean, I've experienced a lot of heavy seas. Um, heavy weather, but complete faith in the ship, you know, and the captain. Um, but w- this one time we got hit, uh, we were off the coast of, we'd left from um, Uruguay. I think we we're about 200 nautical miles out and the storm kind of picked up that evening. Uh, heavy wind, heavy rain, um, you know, and the wind was just picking up, picking up. But when you're out there in the middle of the ocean, you just have to keep going. It's not like you can turn and go back home, you know, you just have to, get on through it. Um, and, and do you have much um, direction or does it, or does it? Yeah, there... like we were still sailing and working the ship, you know. But, um, but the ship will move in the direction yeah, that you want it. Yeah, well, more or less, yeah. But it, it takes a lot of work to to keep it steered, you know. And we were using engines as well um, because it was too strong for all sails. So there's two engines on board. It's a sailing ship. If you think of Pirates of Caribbean, a ship like that. Right, so right. one of those kind of ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, now we did have some sails up, but also the engine that night. But uh, yeah, so went. We were off watch that night at um, sometimes in an, another role. I do twelve hours on, twelve hours off. So at this time I was twelve on, twelve off. So I finish uh, watch at eight pm. Um, so just yeah, like you kind of just go to bed, you know, like and short quickly enough. Anyway, we're in bed and sleeping, and it was really difficult. Now I normally sleep quite easily at sea even in windy weather, but this was very difficult. Like we were being thrown um, from side to side and up pitching as well, you know, which is going forward and backwards throughout the night. Um, so it was very hard to sleep. And then at about six o'clock in the morning, there was a really, really loud bang. Um, so then straight away you're up and the alarms started going. So everyone just jumped out. So, you know, obviously there's, the alarms go, so all the crew jump out. So we got out um, fumbling around in the dark, being thrown around the place, trying to get dressed really quickly to get out. And when we came out around the corner to the hallway, there was smoke um, filling the hallway. Um, So when there's an emergency, we have to muster um, at a certain point up near the bridge. Um, So anyway, we all went went up and the captain was there and he said, no, it's fine. There had been a fire, had uh, had broken out in the bridge, but they had put it out uh, really quickly. So my role in an emergency is to go to the cabins of the guests and crowd control. So, you know, just try to keep people in their cabins or else bring them to their muster stations or depending on... But everybody in the cabins are crew members, correct? Well, in some of them, but it's a passenger ship as well. Okay. So there is about uh, 14 or 15 crew and then there could be up to about 30 uh, passengers. So who have like, you know, paid for their 
It's love the experience. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was quite frantic because obviously everyone is you, like we train for these, you know, when you do drills, it still doesn't equate to the real thing. Um, you know, and you're not really sure what's going on. Um, but you have to just kind of get on with your job as well, you know. And um, so we weren't muster. Normally, you muster people outside. Um, on deck, but we weren't going taking people outside because it, it just wasn't safe out there. Um, and also, at this point, we still didn't really know what had happened because a lot of people thought we'd hit something. Um, but then word filtered down that we'd actually been hit by lightning. So the lightning had oh. hit, um, and that's what the loud bang was. So the lightning had hit the main mast. A flagpole on the main mast had completely blown that to shreds and then had, you know, kind of ricocheted down through through the ship. And I mean, if anybody touched a certain... Yeah, so luckily enough, um, so there was a few crew on watch that night. I think maybe three to four deckhands were on um, and the chief mate was on watch. And apparently a few minutes beforehand, you know, there was thunder and lightning and he had said to the crew, you know, make sure not to touch any of the standing rigging. So um, thankfully no one no one was injured actually in, in the whole thing. So. And lightning is drawn to the highest level. Yeah. So obviously if there's only one ship on sea, yeah. you it's, are the highest we, level. It depends we, on where it got, is. Yeah. yeah. So, cause it's, you're kind of, you know, we were out a good bit like this. There's, there's so not much else there. Sorry, you only got hit once then? Yeah. So we just got hit once. Yeah. Um, and if somebody hadn't been touching the rigging, they I, would have been frazzled. Wouldn't yeah. They? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. That's sort of how it goes. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so there was a bit of pandemonium then for maybe half an hour or so. And then it's it's kind of once we establish, you know, crew are sent around to check that there's no damage, no fire, you know, no immediate, you know, like a hole or, you know, like that we're not under any sort of threat, I guess. Um, and then the other big job is controlling the guests who, you know, because they love us, you know, there's a lot of panic yeah. um so you want to try to contain that as much as possible so dispensing the valium uh yeah, <laughs> yeah no no just trying to to talk and reassure people which you know can be it's kind of a little bit daunting because you're not fully sure yourself yeah. either you know in the immediate moments after something has happened be better you know? next time but that time yeah but different. well you see even at the time like we still didn't know because we were just sent straight away to go you know do your job and you know, now we knew because the captain had sent us back down below mm. that there was no danger. Down, you know, we knew that, I suppose. But like everyone that's in the middle of sleeping in their cab or trying to sleep in a storm on a sea, uh, on a rough sea mm. in a ship, you know, is, is probably just panicked and freaking out. Don't this reminds me of? The movie? I, I was fly, so, a, a oh. flight of mine. Oh. A flight of, I was flying from Galway to Derry. I was, okay. I was down to my aunt one time back in the day. Yeah, show my age, and I, I was on the plane in Galway, and we took off, and we got up above the clouds, and then we started just dropping below the clouds, and I remember we were dropping and dropping slowly, you know, and I was looking out the windows, and it's like you see the clouds, and then terrain, clouds, terrain, clouds, terrain, terrain. Clouds, terrain, clouds, terrain, terrain, terrain. And it was just bumpy terrain. And I thought, we're going down here. We're going down. Really slowly, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it's one of those, you know, small planes. So I looked up and I could see the air hostess uh, sitting in the middle at the front. 
And she's looking kind of nervous. Yeah. And biting <laughs> Which your is lip. never a good sign. Uh, yeah. yeah. And biting your lip a little bit. And I was thinking, oh my God, what's going on here? I looked at, again, the train was undulating. It's, it's just like, you wouldn't want to land, you know? And we're going down and I thought, I remember about 50 meters left to go. I was thinking, this is it. This is it now, yeah. you've had a, You've had a good innings. <laughs> You know, that's, you know, this, you know, there's not much you can do. Just enjoy your death. Yeah. And what happened the last 10 meters? I saw a runway appear. Oh. Exactly. I don't know. What the hell is that? We landed. I thought, what on earth is going on here? And then the captain came on eventually after a lot of pandemonium in, 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 yeah. in the cabin. And he said, welcome to Knock Airport. Oh. He says, we, um, we're, we have a, a full flight and we didn't have enough l- runway to take off from Galway. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so we had to bus some people up to knock and they're getting on the plane now. Okay. I'm sorry we didn't tell you that. <laughs> yeah. I it would have been handy to know. It would have been where, handy yeah. to know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. So the second time I, if I took that flight, I would have been expecting, okay, there's, a, there's that bumpy terrain again where it must be landing and knock. But the second time that you're... In that situation, you'd be able to reassure your cab- the people in the cabin a bit more because... Yeah, I think because you've been through, you know, an actual sort of emergency kind of and, situation. And, and have you been in one since? Uh, no, nothing to that extent <laughs> since. No, nothing to that extent. No. And what height were the waves, for example? Um, well, it was dark uh, all night, so I couldn't see. I, 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 couldn't even, I couldn't even guess. But like they were, I don't know, a couple of metres. It, like it was... It was very wild. I, I, I don't, okay. I don't know what height yeah, they were, yeah. but the storm, the wind was up on force, like 10, 11, you know, which is yeah. almost hurricane, not hurricane, but it's uh, like yeah. gale, gale. I'm not sure what the... Did you ever take the tall ships to Qingdao in China in 2016? No, but I think was there a tall ships uh, festival? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, see, I wasn't into it then. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm quite a late, yeah. late comrade to the whole. No, I was there in Qingdao in 2016. Okay. I went down to see the ships because there's one from Derry. I thought they'd go down and say hello. Yeah. 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 No, because I've been to, well, as a result now of having worked with the ships uh, for a couple of years, um, I've been to tall ships festivals in the Netherlands and in Norway mm-hmm. and France. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, it's it's a really cool, uh, uh-huh. really cool. We're getting really off topic. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, and this, that's and my fault. I, I always say this to people. I'm like, don't ask me how I got into because I'm here to talk about the club. Okay. <laughs> and it gets weird away. I don't care, you know. Yeah. I think it's interesting. So uh, I'm sure other people are interested too. Do you have a grandparent that you never met? Do you wonder what they were like? What type of life did they have? What type of person were they? How did they laugh? Both of my grandfathers had passed before I was born. So in 2006, when there was no signs of my children arriving anytime soon, I video interviewed both my parents. I asked them about their lives, the holidays they had, their parents, their grandparents. How did they meet? What did they do and what were they like? Where's their final resting place? Some time elapsed, my children did come along, and then my mother passed on, and yeah, sure I miss her, but I still have a video of her telling me about her life story. 
Now I video interview other people's older relatives as a present for their loved ones. If you want me to capture your special memories, please get in touch at saltfulmedia.com. Thanks. This is the Galway Podcast. So let's talk about the history of the club. (laughs) Come back to the club, yeah. Yeah, so I guess they're always kind of slagging me in the club saying, you know, it it took me going off on on a big ship sailing down to, you know, remote corners of the world to then come back home and, you know, get familiar with, with my own, uh, my own area. Cause I'm from Anadown, which is only, well, it's outside the city, but maybe 10, that's 15 where, minutes north of, of Goa city. That's where Cromer's from, the footballer. Uh, yeah. yeah. Damien Cromer. Yeah. 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 I've, I've, I've been doing my research in Galway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're <laughs> on the button there. So, um, yeah. When is the club founded and all this? Um, the club was founded in 2018. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure the exact, uh, date, but yeah, it started by, um, well, it started out with, um, with Kieran and his brother and three others who, um, there, there was this, a boat that they wanted to restore and, uh, the boat was called Loving, um, and it had been in the hands of the Sea Scouts. Um, and this boat had belonged to uh, Nicky Dolan, who was a, fr- a close friend and neighbour of Kieran. And um, anyway, Nicky had passed away, and the boat was with the Sea Scouts. And over time, the sea sc- the boat fell into disrepair. But it was always on Kieran's mind to get this boat restored um, in memory of his friend. And the idea behind it always, even when when Nicky's mom gave it to the Sea Scouts, was that the boat was to be, you know, used to get kids out in the water and, you know, teach people about, uh, and especially kids, and teach them about the local heritage and the history of, of Galway um, through the Hawkers. And what, what was the name? Oh, yeah. of, what was the name of the, the friend? Uh, Nicky Dolan. Nicky Dolan. Yeah, Nicky. Great. So he was, um, he lived there on, uh, just there on the front, uh, beside Claddaquay. Well, it's a great, great, um, Great to honour him in this way. Yeah, and it was always something that that Kieran wanted to do, but I, I suppose as just one person trying to restore a boat, if you're not a boat builder and you don't have the finance and the labour behind you, it's kind of a big task. So what he did was, it, it, like hookers have been in his family for generations. You know, he's a fisherman, his brother and his father, and, you know, it was in the family, in the blood, and they live... Like their houses on the front row there on, on the Clada. Um, so they, uh, yeah, so anyway, they came together and they set up this club or, well, they set up a company and the idea then was that they'd be able to apply for funding to get this boat restored. Um, then was the problem of not having hands to, to help, you know, crew. Um, so they, they ran a course, uh, a little kind of introduction course that we still do now, actually. Now it's been kind of tweaked over the years, but in essence, it's still the same course. And this course was started to just to introduce people to the history of the boats um, to get people interested in the kind of marine aspect of it, uh, to teach them a little bit about rigging, basic navigation, safety on the water, a bit of rope work, um, yeah, just, you know, all of that. It was just a very basic course. And the idea of it was that it would appeal to anyone. So regardless of whether you came from 
uh, boating background or not. It really just didn't matter. And that's how he slowly started to gather people. Uh, so people would do that course, join the club, and then you kind of worked on, you know, you got involved. So when I joined the club in 2019, they were restoring a boat called Lovely Anne, which was a hooker that the club, the club was kind of new at that stage. So, you know, it had maybe, I think when I started, there was maybe 20 crew, maybe 20 members or so, and they had this boat and you'd go down and you'd be sanding it and painting it. And, you know, it was nice because you kind of, you were working towards an end goal. So you were eventually going to see this boat sailing on the water and get to sail it. Um, but the, always in the background was the loving, which was the 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 one that was to be restored in memory of Nikki. Um, and everything was falling into place for this to happen. Um, so then Lovely Anne was launched in April 2019. And then in September 2019, Loving came into our workshop. And then Goy Hooker Sailing Club and the Port of Galway Sea Scouts kind of came together and over, well, it ended up being 25 months because of COVID in the middle of it. But the boat was restored then um, just on the site of Goy Bay Seafoods down the docks. Um, and over the course of that two to three years, the club has grown now. We're a hundred and, I think we're maybe 109, 110 members. Wow. Um, so, it's, and the, you know, we still run that basic course on a regular basis, a couple of, a couple of courses a, a year, get people in. Um, and constantly there, I'm, I'm on the email inbox. There's like nearly every day, someone emailing in, oh, you know, how can I join the club? And, I'd love to learn, you know, I don't have any experience, but I'd love to learn about the hookers and I see them sailing on the water, you know, how can I get involved? And that's the ethos or the kind of thought behind the club yeah. is to get people involved. It's self-fulfilling. I mean, they are a, a, they're a very open advertisement for the, for the club. Yeah, you know, well, they are. They're like, anytime we're out sailing, hmm. you know, you kind of forget sometimes because you're, you know, you're just enjoying it yourself, I guess, and you're on the boat. But sometimes when you look there, particularly on a nice day, but all along Nemo's Pier and Long Walk, you know, you've people out walking there all the time. And just the amount of people that are stopping taking photos. Mm. And it's such an iconic image of Galway. Yeah. You know, the hooker on the water in front of Clada or in front of Long Walk. Yeah. And, you know, then I guess we're trying to say to people, yeah, you can stand there and take photos, but why not join the club and come out and have a so go? Do you want with more yourself? members? Well, we're not looking for more members. We actually, you know, we could stop and not take any, you know, we have plenty of members. Yeah. But the idea is, you know, it's just to get people to, yeah, to take part in it and, yeah. you know, to be a part of it and that it's not a closed, closed event or not event, but it's not a closed club where, you know, you have to be from, a boating background or you have to have boating knowledge or, you know, like we're just in a current course there at the moment. I started it uh, in October, mm. just the middle of October or yeah, middle of October. Um, I think there's about 12, 14 new crews signed up on the course. And I think 10 or 11 of them had no experience of, you know, boats really or being on the water or, but yeah, it's just, it seems to be a fascination for people and, and some people do the course and then they decide not to join the club, you know, so you can do them as, as you know, so some people just want to join and learn a bit about them and, you know, maybe something to do in the evenings. I um, saw three hookers there on the sea recently. 
uh, we I, I took my kids out for a walk along the the palm. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, such an iconic image. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, know. yeah. So, what do you call it whenever you restore a boat and it goes out? It's not a maiden voyage. So, what, is there a, is there a like a yeah, I guess. Well, for loving, loving was such. It became such a huge story. Yeah, so I was um, about to ask about loving. Was that a very? It must have been a very emotional time. It was, yeah. Like there was a, a lot attached to it, and you know, I find I like I didn't even know Nikki. Nikki passed away in um, I think it was two thousand and twelve. Um, I you know I I never knew the man. I'd never met him, mm-hmm. but I now feel like I know you know part of his spirit from. Mm-hmm just hearing the story about it and just being involved in the whole restoration project uh, process. Um, so yeah, when the boat came in and when we started it, um, it was a real kind of labor of love, I guess. There was a lot of it that had to be done just by the boat builders um, and also then COVID in the middle of it. Mm. So we couldn't come together as, you know, as a crew to work on it. Um, but I did an awful lot of it via social media at the time. So you you remember in um, lockdown when when I think you were I think you could go five kilometers from your house or was it ten or something or you could go to anyway when things were kind of easing a little bit so the boat builders live quite near so they were able to go down they're a family themselves and oh yeah that was it you had to stay in your family pod but you could go out but you had to stay in your pods um, and they were able to do some work on it so uh, quite a bit got done of the more skilled work with them and then um, as restrictions were easing then slowly the rest of the crew were able to come in so then we would just come in and do the painting and the varnishing and the sanding you know the kind of can you say less skilled work you know so the likes of me I'm not a boat builder by any means so yeah. you know I was but more, I'm able more, to more labour less trades I yeah say. <laughs> yeah and um, oh yeah but getting back to your question about the launch so we obviously were kind of history buffs, I guess, and we're big in tradition, tra- tradition, um, and keeping kind of tradition alive. And you know, we're into all that. So the boat, when the boat was finished and restored, um, yeah, like the whole thing was just such a big emotional. You know, everyone got really passionate about it, and um, you know, again, you took like it was the fact that you were there sanding it and knowing that this was being rebuilt. You know, it was now a 97 year old boat and you were working away on it. And um, so we, the day of the launch, we had two kind of events for it. So there was the first one where the boat was, uh, we didn't have any of the rigging or the masts or that on a jet. So it was just like the, the actual boat itself. Um, so we launched, we pushed that off. So the boat was originally built um, in a boat building yard that would have been on the site of where the city museum is now. So okay. that area there, just around Spanish Arch. So when the boats were originally built, they would have been built there and then just pushed into the water. So as you know, we like that sort of stuff. So we, there was, it was I think it was October 16th. Uh, there was a high spring tide at about six o'clock in the morning. So one of those tides where it was almost up to street level. Wow. We did all planned. So we bought it down, dropped the boat off by crane put it on rollers. There was a couple of the crew down to kind of celebrate this and we'd flasks of tea and breakfast rolls. And yeah, we had a speech, uh, you know, made a few speeches and photos and then pushed the boat into the water. Awesome. So that was the first. Uh, and then we, we left in the water then to kind of soak for a couple of days and for the timbers to swell, make sure that she was floating and mm, not boys. going, you know, yeah. 
Um, and then about two weeks later, the, tw- uh, the 20th, I think. Oh yeah. So actually only a couple of days later we had the official launch. So that was like its first sale. So yeah, the maiden, maiden sale, maiden voyage. Um, so we launched it in the docks, right in the harbour. And we had a big party over in Clada, Clada Hall at the time. Mm-hmm. And the boat kind of came out of the quay or out of the docks and sailed across, you know, sailed up the river and over into uh, the Clada. And the local priest was there and he blessed it. And, you know, there was relations of Nicky's were there and, oh. you know, all the families and, you know, everyone was there to kind of, and the, you know, the papers. And because it had become such a, a big online story, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were constantly doing updates on it and it, it really, I, I guess because the name Loving, mm-hmm. would, um, it's a local, I don't know if you're familiar with the term or, uh, so it's a kind of an affectionate, a, a term of endearment that particularly clad people would use, you know, so they say, oh, how are you Loving? Mm. Um, and when, the, where the name came from actually, because the boat was originally named after the owner's daughters, the current, the previous owner to Nikki. But when Nicky got it, he was kind of joking, saying that he was going to call it Loving. Mm. And his mom at the time was saying, oh, that, you know, that's a bit of a silly name for a boat. You can't call that. But then when Nicky passed away and she was telling the story, it seemed kind of fitting to, you know, call the boat Loving. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so that was a big moment for Clada and all the residents. And we'd invited all the Clada residents down for. And where can one find Loving now? Uh, well, up until last Monday, she was in the water down in Clada. Uh, for some of the summer, she was tied on a mooring out on the river. So if you, if you'd seen one out in the middle of the river, say, if you're walking along Clada, you'd see the boat in the middle of the river. That, that's loving. Um, but just last Monday, we took, um, the last of the... Sorry, is that the one I said... That's not the one I said. No, the one I said, Monroe's is called Bad Dory. No, that's Rosabel's room. Rosabel. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not that one. No, so we're down, uh, down at Clada. So, oh, okay. like right down Clada Key. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, yeah. So it's just there. We've a tide at the end of the key, but mm-hmm. then last, so we've about six boats in the water now at the moment. I saw Pavarotti. Okay. In Halloween. Oh yeah. Pavarotti, like being projected. Oh yes, yeah. Now also not us. Okay. Yeah. So there's. So I was, I was, I was uh, Pavarotti being projected onto onto the sails on Culture of, Night. Exactly. Yeah. Three yeah. nights, or sorry, three three ships. Um, three hookers. Yeah. Three hookers. Sorry. Yeah. And yeah, it wasn't Halloween. It was Culture, culture Night. Culture Night. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So we. Uh, we were down at that actually, yeah, but the those boats are belong to the Bordery and Claddagh. Okay. So that's uh, wow. I suppose like the other club, if you wanted to, for want of a better word. What um, do you, you call them? Uh, the Bordery. We call Bordery okay. on Claddagh. Okay. On Claddagh. Okay. Um, we'll get them in too because you know it may as well champion everybody. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. we sail alongside them. We we so we were so for Culture Night, <clears throat> they had that event in the basin. Um, and we had an event up in Katie's Cottage where we had a talk um, about hookers and boat building and that. And then all of the crew, we came down to the basin uh, to enjoy the, the music on the sails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were delighted that it was a perfect, perfect weather yeah, evening great, for them. Yeah. yeah. No, it was really nice and it creates mm-hmm. a nice buzz around town. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But anyway, Loving uh, was taken out of the water last week. So we took with three boats left in the water, but 
just this time of year, you, you know, storms and yeah. heavy rain and everything. So she's currently on a trailer um, to be set up for some winter maintenance. Okay. Nothing major, but they, you know, they're wooden bolts, so they always... And and then we'll please. be replunged and... Yeah, so we'll uh, launch them again, probably normally around Easter. Launch them, yeah. not, not replunge, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, I guess they're kind of plunging in a way, yeah, but uh, yeah, so launching, yeah. Uh, normally around April, yeah. yeah, we put the boats back in the water as soon as kind of the weather yeah. and daylight are in, in our favour. Yeah. But it's normally around April, yeah. So we have a long couple of months of, of uh, repairs, maintenance, yeah. So in terms of your actual club, uh, where, where is it located? Um, well, we kind of have a few locations <laughs> around the uh, the harbour uh, vicinity. Um, so Goy-based seafoods have been extremely good to us. Um, they've given us two spaces um, down on their premises there, just down behind the harbour hotel, down the docks. Um, so that's where one of the spaces there we call it the, the workshop um it's where loving was restored um and any boat there's kind of always a hooker in there since then that you know needs restoration or, or work so uh one of our crew bought a well i don't know I'm not, yeah anyway he has a hooker um and that's it it's you know another club boat um and that's in there for restoration at the moment so it needs it's quite a bit of work. Um, so that'll be another project that the crew, you know, there's always a bit of boat building to learn, a bit of restoration, maintenance, you know. So that's kind of what what keeps it kind of ticking over. Um, and then we have another area just beside that uh, where we can store, like at the moment now, it's full with all the spars from all the boats, so the masts and gaffs and booms and mm-hmm. sails and, you know, all the bits and bobs. And then we also would use the Clada Snooker Hall um, quite a bit um, as one of our bases. Uh, Katie's Cottage we used as well as one of our, I know, you know, we would use that for meetings and for, you know, meeting for cups of tea and stuff. Um, so, yeah, we don't have, I guess, most selling clubs probably have an official clubhouse, so we don't... Uh, we still, uh, we're still getting that together. You're squatting around. Yeah, and we have um, actually out in Menlo as well. Then um, we have quite a large space. Um, with thanks to a, a friend of the club, um, where we can store the boats over winter. Mm-hmm. So, so it's a real community-based uh, club. Yeah, it's mm. huge, based on community. Yeah, we're kind of in the community. We're working with the community. You know, yeah, we're just. Part, we're trying to just kind of be part of the community and yeah just and even the online community is is good because like a lot of people that would follow the story and just going back to the online loving story like so many people that live abroad that are from Galway or have Galway roots or connections to Galway I just love following all that and seeing the pictures out you know and sometimes we do maybe a live video if we're going sailing you know and it just like just the the comments that people, mm. you know, that they're just so happy to see, I guess, such like the revival of them, I guess. In, and, and why is the hooker specific to Galway or is it? Uh, yeah, well, I think it was, I think the design of it is kind of specific for the West Coast. So they would be out in Connemara as well. 
um, Connemara and Clada and that whole kind of stretch there. So they would have been used as, well, a mode of transport to, for the islands out in Connemara mm-hmm. um, and also for carrying, you know, animals and turf and, you know, whatever. And like, the design of them is to do with, you know, that they're able to dry out and they can sit, uh, you know, when the tide goes out mm-hmm. um, and that they're quite sturdy. There is similar designs, you know, in, in other places, but yeah, they're quite unique. Yeah. Unique to go and, and, you know, I was just thinking about <clears throat> Strange that I was working with Galway Music Residency on a podcast. And it's only the other day that it triggered with me that the, the sale of the Galway Hooker is part of their logo. So even with the Galway Music Residency, which yeah. has got no connection with Galway Hookers, yeah. it's got a connection you know, visually. Yeah. Well, actually, if you go around the city, you'll probably find that in look like there's printing shops there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the council, um, like football clubs, any sort, there's all sorts of, and I, you know, it does like, they're not, they're not the sailing club, but the, they're, it's Galway, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and it's, you know, they're Galway and the hooker sail symbol is Galway, you know, so it's used all the time for everything. It's great, really. I think it's it's yeah. really cool to see. I probably should have thought of it whenever I was designing my logo. I use the Spanish arch, whereas people don't actually see it on uh, in my logo. Okay, well, it's still another Galway yeah. iconic yeah, exactly. image, isn't it? Spanish art. At Salt Hill Media, we record the life stories of older people as a gift for their future generations. We appear to be the only organization on the island of Ireland providing this service. What does that look like? An older person sits and answers questions about their life stories. For instance, what were their holidays like as children? Where did their parents meet? And what were their jobs? Where's their final resting place? And what about their parents? And so on. This is a perfect gift for people who hit another milestone. For example, a retirement gift, entering a new decade, a significant wedding anniversary, or it could just be a regular gift. The clever thing about this is that it is a time capsule to be enjoyed for future generations to come. Some people say, but my life story is not that interesting. It is interesting to those who follow after you. Other people remark, I could do this myself. We say, and so you should. However, more often than not, these life stories do not get recorded. So we advise that you go to salthillmedia.com and book a recording session for three months' time. If, in three months' time, your recording has not happened, then we will do that for you. Go to salthillmedia.com today to book your live recording. Thank you. This is The Galway Podcast. So, in terms of being a member... Yes. How much does it cost? Um, so we run the course, which we, uh, is a hundred euro, um, and that goes into the pot for, you know, materials and paint and all this sort of stuff. Um, 
or we have a requirement that you... Sorry, how long is the course? Uh, So the course is run over four sessions, about three to to four hours each. And we normally run it kind of once a week. So it's normally run over a month. It's very good value, actually. Um, Yeah, because, and it's like, you know, like we're all volunteers doing it. Um, Like the whole, everything in the club, you know. So, um, yeah, and like some money has to come from somewhere to buy paint and, you know, varnish and whatever. Um, because as anyone that owns a boat will know that they're a non-stop uh, money pit. Mm. But um, yeah, so we run. So so how how it's set? It's kind of changed. It changed a little bit with COVID, but now we're back to the original way. And I I think it's so. The requirement is that you do the course uh, to become a member, but you can do the course and then decide whether you want to become a member or not. So some people like so while you're doing the course, you'll get a real insight into the club and what's involved in being a member. Um, so then you can kind of decide, is this for me or is this not for me? Um, then when you do the course, you can sign up to be a member. So it's 130 euro for the year uh, for single membership. Um, yeah, and there's a bit of, you know, we encourage um, that you give a bit back to the club in whatever way, um, you know, like some people, you know, if you want to do, I don't know, help with the Instagram page or if you want to, you know, it doesn't have to be that you come down sanding the boats or painting. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do encourage participation from the crew to help the club because otherwise it's not, you know, like there it was great actually last Monday, we needed to get three boats out of the water. So that's a big logistical mm-hmm. job. Yeah. You know, if you're two people doing it, you'll it'll take you, probably take you like a few well it'll take you a day anyway if not more but we had I think 27 crew signed up on a bank holiday Monday for two hours to come down we got three boats um towed over to an area where we could take everything out of them um and then there's photos there of the crew like carrying the masts and spars over for storage putting everything away then the boats had to be towed over to the slipway taken out but put on a trailer, driven out of the storage facility, taken off, you know, so it's a whole big, so we do need the crew to, you know, to help out mm-hmm. a little bit along the way. But it was great. Yeah, it was a really cool buzz, actually. Everyone was just buzzing around, helping, and, you know, loads of people had never done it before. They didn't really have a clue what they were signing up to, but there's plenty of people there that'll, I mean, the whole thing done in two hours. It's great. Many hands, a big light work. Yeah, exactly. So- how many people, I should ask this before, but how many people can fit on a hooker? Um, well, normally, like, we normally, if we're doing a sailing session, so where we're getting crew out sailing, uh, we'd normally have five. Five is kind of a nice, so the, the boats that we have are glow chokes, um, so they're the smaller Galway hooker. Uh, they're, norm- they're roughly about seven metres in length. Um, and five people is kind of nice and comfortable on them. So you would need two people who are, you know, competent sailors. Uh-huh. And then we often take three, maybe kind of newer crew who are just kind of learning the ropes. And could you take kids, for example? Yeah, we do. We take kids. Yeah, we ran a really cool session there about, oh, it's in October, I think the start of October, uh, where we got uh, Sea Scouts out. So I think we had about 40 kids between the ages of, I'm going to say maybe seven or eight up to 16, 17. Um, and we just, we had some, mo- we have motorboats as well in the club because, um, 
yeah, we need them for, because the hookers have no engines. So we need the motorboats as well as part of uh, operations in the club. So yeah, we had just the kids on the motorboats and we'd transfer them out to the hookers, put them on, you know, they'd sail for maybe half an hour, then swap them out, you know, because it was, you know, after a while, kids kind of, you know, they're, okay, we're done with this now. <laughs> but they, you know, and then they got to spin around in the motorboats as well. So yeah, it was, it was cool. I think we were out for maybe, again, two, two and a half hours, three hours maybe. Um, and just a load of kids out, all wrapped up, all dressed up and whizzing around on the hookers and on the motorboats. And, you know, there was, I remember that day actually, because it was a really heavy shower at one point, you know, but it didn't matter. It was gone. And then there was a really cool rainbow and then there was seals in the water and the sun was going down. And yeah, it was just kids were buzzing and we had the, the Sea Scout leaders as well out. Brilliant. So yeah, no problem with kids. So um, back to the barriers to entry. So we talked finance. So what about uh, time? How much time, if you're going to become a club member, would you need to contribute to the club? Yeah, we don't have a set figure on it. I mean, if I wouldn't even want to count the amount of hours that I put into that club or there's, um, you know, there's a couple of people there, I suppose, that have been there for a couple of years. Um, and yeah, I... I I don't even want to think about it actually um, because it's probably months and months of time worth, I'd say. But yeah, look, there's no, we don't have a set figure on it. We don't like, there's one of the crew there and I know every month she um, will collect a couple of articles. So if something happens during the month, people will write a short article about it, email it to her and then she will put it all nicely laid out and she sends out a newsletter. And I think, you know, she's been doing it now for, probably over a year, I'd say at this stage, you know, so she has that, but that's her way of, that's her way of helping out the club and doing the bit for the club, you know? Um, so I don't know she doesn't like, she now, maybe when she started, that might've been taking her quite a while, but I think now she has it down to a fine art. Not going to right. Yeah. So there's, there's no, there's no time frame. you know, like some people might put in a couple hours here and there. Someone might not do anything for ages. And then like we held a festival, um, the end of September, three-day festival. And I know there was a few crew that, you know, I hadn't seen them in a while. You know, they hadn't really done much before that. And then they were there for all day, every day for three days helping out. Mm -hmm. You know, man and the tea and coffee and the pay station and helping kids and, you know, with games and, you know. So, yeah, like, to be fair, almost, you know, like, they all tip in and do their best. It sounds to me that if you're interested in joining this club, well, first of all, you probably have joined. <laughs> yeah. And second of all, um, you'd be very welcome to have to hear from these people. Yeah, because our our kind of one thing that we say, you know, because a lot of people come and they're like, oh, but, you know, I don't know how to paint or sand or, you know, you know whatever. Or, or know where starboard yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're saying, well, okay, but, you know, like maybe you could you could take over one of the email inboxes and you mm -hmm. could reply to emails or you could help with the shop at Christmas. We run a little Christmas shop, you know, you could help to get, you know, so there's, it, there's all sorts of, you know, and then we also welcome if someone comes and they say, ah, oh, you know, maybe we could, I don't know. I can't think of answering now, but run, you run know. Run a raffle. Yeah. Okay. Mm. You want to run a raffle? Yeah, sure. Go for it. Run a raffle. You know, mm. so there's, there's a lot of scope there, mm. you know, for people to, do, well, you can do as little or as much as you want, mm -hmm. really, I think. But to be completely honest about it, the more you put into it, I think the more you get out of it. Sounds good. 
Yeah. Okay, so what's the plans for the future for the Galway Hooker Sailing Club? The future. Um, short, long, short, medium and long term, whatever way you want to answer. Yeah, okay. So I don't know. I wonder that sometimes because I don't know, like obviously to have some sort of a base would be a sort of an aim at some point. So if you want to call it a clubhouse, mm. um, that is something that we would like to work towards. Um I guess, you know, we're always saying as well, just getting people out on the water, you know, retaining a nice core. You know, if you had kind of around the 100, we normally seem to have tapered off for around 100 members the last two, three years, Mm -hmm. you know, because obviously some people don't rejoin and, you know, the new people come in. Um. There's an all. There's another. There's that boat has been restored at the moment. So short term, over the next year or so, that'll be the project on the go. Um. So that'll get a whole new, a whole new restoration project on the go. Um. Yeah. Just so we're an Irish sailing club. We're affiliated with Irish sailing, so we can run. Um. You know, we can qualify people in, in courses. We have instructors, sailing instructors, and powerboat instructors within the club. So yeah, I guess just to mm. get, that's kind of the short term ones, just to get people qualified, get people on the water, get people comfortable on boats, get people out. I'm thinking about an event I was at recently, which was around Galway Music uh, Residency. And they were talking about having a permanent uh, venue, a bit like you, you have yeah. a per- permanent venue art space for them. Um, and I suggested, um, how about going to different venues within Galway and ask them to sponsor you with a venue. And I suggested them one month, maybe, but I don't think that one month is long enough. It'd be nearly need to be like three or four months that you would require. So what they would get out of it is they would get, you know, their name on your website and also they'd be affiliated with you. Yeah. And yeah, there'd be a bit of cross promotion going on, but also it'd give you some form of, so rather than looking for one permanent place, yeah. you, you look for what, you look for one um one temporary place for a number of months. Yeah. I'm not I'm not suggesting this is a good idea, but it's uh, yeah. just something uh, that's going through my mind, so I thought I'd say it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well I mean we're always looking for well we're not looking for, but we're always welcoming of any support or, you know, and we we already have got so much, you know, like that storage facility at Amenlo that was kind of a local businessman who had this space and was a friend of uh, someone in the club and then was saying, oh yeah, you know, you could store a boat out here. And then we got out, we realized, you know, that the space was actually bigger, you know, and he said, well, yeah, you can take, you know, take a bigger area and store the boats there for the winter, you know, so that's, mm. you know, been a huge advantage to us. Um, so yeah, like we're always welcoming kind of any sort of, a fit. We're like, you know, we're affiliated, well, I guess we're linked with the museum, Goy Bay Seafoods, Goy Hooker Beer um, have come on board there lately um, for obvious reasons. So they, they have um, Caper Bjog, one of, one of the hookers in our fleet, um, is it's uh, they bought the boat and then kind of gave it to the club to look after. Um, so we use it as a training, training boat uh, within the club. And then, you know, if the Goy Hooker Beer want it, you know, for advertising or whatever, they can, they can use it. But we don't, you know, there's no beer named on the boat or anything like that. So you wouldn't know to look at it. Mm. 
Um, but that's another kind of uh, connection we have. I'm probably forgetting an obvious ones now, but it's yeah. okay. If you yeah. can send me a message, I'll put it in an intro. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, what would you say is, uh, your message to your members? Uh, to the members, mm-hmm. um, well, we're having our laying up supper on Friday night. So hope to see you all there Friday night. Um, so our laying up supper is at the kind of end of the sailing season when the boats are taken out and sort of laid up for the summer. So we're going for some drinks and pizza, uh, Friday night. So see you there. Um, yeah, I guess, I don't know, just, uh, just keep turning up and, Keep learning more. And we run these sessions every week called KGS. So not just sailing. Um, and every week then they're on, like we had a someone in doing a talk, a saturation diver who rode the Atlantic in, gave a talk there one week. And uh, one of the crew gave a talk on safety. Um, I'm doing one tomorrow night on charts. You know, so we have them. So they're ongoing all year, every week. Um, so yeah, I guess just, you know, you can just come along to those. It's quite, uh, yeah, the club is quite social as well, actually, because, um, you know, you can come to those like, and we sit around and we drink tea and we chat about navigation and, you know, so it's, it's quite a social club actually. I've, I've gained, which I was not something I was looking for, um, but loads of new friends, hmm. like, you know, people that I would consider quite good friends now at this stage. Is that because you um, have too many friends or just you don't like friends? Uh, no, I think I had enough friends uh, before I joined. I was <laughs> like, I don't need any more friends. Uh, I had plenty. Uh, but now all these other people have kind of grown on me. So I have a whole new circle of friends now. But it's great because I can just talk about boats with them all the time. It's my other friends with no interest. <laughs> like like an invisible species. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your message to your non-members? Join the club. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I guess, you know, if you're fascinated at all or have any interest, I would advise you to come and do the, the course. Um, it's not terribly, uh, you know, demanding or anything. Um, and it'll give you a real idea of, is this something for you? Or, no, I have no interest in this. Mm. So anyone that has any, even sort of a slight curiosity, regardless of your age or background or where you live or anything just come along do the course and make your decision from there mm-hmm. so do you want to give a shout out to your uh, students oh god yeah the kids in school yeah, yeah. i should yeah fifth class in skullvrija yeah the best little gang of of uh kids there i you know they're great uh they do they're probably tired listening to me talking about sea school so i set up um well, set up, I don't know, that sounds a bit dramatic, but... Um, established. <laughs> established, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I have a little kind of pilot project going called Sea School. I couldn't think of anything more creative. Um, but yeah, I get the kids, so I get them out on the boats, um, on the motorboats, um, teach them uh, all sort of nautical stuff. Uh, we do a lot of it in class this time of year, and then September kind of a bit of October and then, you know, March, April, May, June, I have the kids out all the time. So like all the kids have been down to the workshop. They've seen all the boats, you know, they, I've had all, like even my current class now, um, I had them out on the boat there in September. Uh, so just before the weather kind of, you know, started to turn a bit. Um, but yeah, so 
anytime they see me coming with a a chart or a, you know, they're always, they're always laughing at me. But no, they're great <laughs> and they love it. And they're always like, when are we going out in the boats? When are we going out in the boats? When are we going out in the boats? Yeah. So I'm hoping to make a couple of sailors there out of the kids. So yeah, I suppose, hello to fifth class. I'm not going to name them because there's 28 of them or something. So, but anyway, hello to all of them. Yeah. And everyone in Skullverja in Chantla. And you said they're the best kids. I'm sure they're thinking you're the best teacher. Oh, of course. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they say that every day. Yeah. But I mean that genuinely because you're really firing them up with inspiration for this um, thing. And it's very specific to this area. So, um, no, very, very good, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm job sharing at the moment. So I'm able to have the best of both worlds. Mm. So I'm working in school kind of half the week and the other half the week I'm I work with the Goy, oh, Goy Bay Boat Tours. That's one of the main connections. I knew I should have mentioned that. Yeah, so Goy Bay Boat Tours is Kieran's um, tour company. Mm-hmm. Um, and I work with that during the summer. And, well, actually, I was even just doing a tour there at the weekend. So when we can. Uh, so we run local tours um, out on the bay mm-hmm. on the motorboat. And we have incorporated, you know, visits to the workshop and the story of the hookers and and all that. So it's a really nice kind of little summer, summer job, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And it gets me out in a boat and, um, yeah, it's great to see people coming and like some people are so fascinated, you know, we get to tell the loving story all the time and, uh, you know, I guess share our passion for this. And yeah, some people, it amazes me sometimes actually how taken by it. Some people are like, you know, complete strangers that are coming from other countries who knew absolutely nothing of this and thought they were maybe just signing up for, a spin out in Goy Bay and then, you know, they get this whole history of it. And like some people are just so taken by it and contacting us afterwards. And some people have donated, you know, money to the, to the club, you know, for the development. So yeah, it's just, it's a really, yeah, I think it's a really, a really good story and thing that we're doing, I guess. Absolutely. And people are moved by stories. And um, I mean, I was certainly moved. I wanted to know about Nikki. Uh, and his story and yeah. um and that connection you know that that he lives on in the club you know is his memory lives on yeah i i i, I heard somewhere that just that we experienced three deaths one is whenever we die another one is whenever we're put in the ground mm-hmm. and the third one is whenever our name is last spoken okay so Nikki's going to be well, around. Nikki's for, going to be around for a long, long time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yeah. Well, that's a nice way to, to look at it, actually. Yeah. No, because, you know, of of the whatever amount of people that have gone through the courses or that are in the club now, which is probably over 200, I would say, you know, with including people have, that have not joined, you know, that have not joined, but everyone knows the story. Um, and it's, you know, even all the, the visitors to the bug tours. Um, so yeah, it is, it's, yeah, it was a really fitting tribute. And even he was so, like there was a picture of him up on the wall. Um, well, there still is down at the workshop, you know, so we were kind of saying, you know, he was sort of looking over us every day as we were, as we were working. Yeah. He's guiding you. Guiding us through. Yeah. yeah. And he was a painter by trade. So he was probably frowning at some of the, <laughs> yeah, amateurs <laughs> trying to be painting a boat. Megan. So I'm sure he was chuckling away. Making sure the paintbrushes got washed at the end as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so for more information, go to galwayhookerscealingclub.ie. Yeah. Um, also, you can uh, email us um, or even just find us on social media. 
we're mainly on Instagram and Facebook. So you can kind of contact, it's probably myself that's on the receiving end of that. Um, but yeah, you can contact us via, if you just Google Galway Hooker Sailing Club, um, you'll find it. And there's a phone number there that comes up all the time and that's Kieran and he's always willing to take a call and we'll talk to anyone anytime that has any sort of an interest at all. Except me. Yeah. Pu- okay. He, because he pushed me towards you. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He must be a bit shy. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Kieran. Yeah. I, I understand. There's, there's two different types of people in the world. Did you know that? Those who don't mind appearing on podcasts and those who do. Okay. Well, yeah. Like, cause he's, yeah, maybe you just caught him on a, on an after or something. No, cause he's normally. Or maybe he just thought you'd do a better job. Or maybe he thought I'd do a better job. Yeah. Mm, that's yeah. probably it. Acknowledgements to you, Kieran. You're doing a fantastic job. Absolutely. And oh yeah, and I suppose like I've probably said it already through my rambles, but like every single one of the crew is worth a mention. Like they are mm. just phenomenal. Like even you know, like just even there. I was I was at work all day. Obviously, I didn't have the phone, but I put in a message this morning uh, with something, and then it just generated a bit of chit chat there amongst the crew. You know, and just all these people who didn't know anyone before, and we're now there on this WhatsApp group. Just chatting away. It's it's great, you know, to see. And uh, yeah, they're all all volunteer hours. And again, like I'd just be afraid to go counting up the hours that everyone does because mm. if you were to put it together, I'd say we'd have built the China or the Great Wall of China, I'd say, at this stage. <laughs> if we put all our hours together. I've walked that. You know, it's not easy. Okay. The steps are like can be almost a meter. Oh yeah, because you yeah, you were in China. Yeah, I've never, yeah. yeah. Eight years. So the steps are can be like almost a meter. Oh right, know? okay. People just think, oh, it's a wall, and just stand there along. It's a, it's on a ridge of mountains. Okay, yeah, I've seen yeah. photos. Okay, I didn't realize the steps would be that yeah. steep. So yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I reckon the crew of Goy Hooker Sailing Club, with all their enthusiasm and smiley heads, would give it a good, it, good lash. It'd be a parallel to that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Colette, and now everybody in fifth class in Skaldbridge. Yes. Thank you very much for all that you do. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. Langefoil, go to my yogurt. To fall to old, Sloan. Sloan. This has been a Solid Hill Media original podcast and production.